party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Tasha Robinson for a super fun, super creepy, and super weird game of Grin. Grin is a one-page horror micro-game, which utilizes a dwindling deck of cards as its central tension mechanic. As players navigate various horror scenarios, they are forced to draw cards. Every card that they draw increases the chances of drawing the dreaded Joker card, a move which marks their imminent grisly demise. Survival in Grin requires a perfect combination of quick thinking and the luck of the draw. It's such a cool game, and I'm so happy with how this episode turned out, and I really can't wait for you to hear it. Tasha is the film and TV editor for TheVerge.com. She's also one of the hosts of the Next Picture Show podcast, which takes classic cinema and pairs it with modern films to compare, contrast, and provide an interpretive focus. If you enjoy talking about and listening to and thinking about the art of film and the context of film, you should absolutely check it out. It is a fascinating podcast. You can find information on all that good stuff in the show notes. A brief technical note before we dive in, this was recorded uh, at Gen Con, so if there's a little bit of background noise or things sound slightly different than usual, that's why. It shouldn't be an issue, especially since uh, Megan from Modifier let us borrow her podcasting equipment, which, thank you so much, Meg, that was so, so helpful and I so thoroughly appreciate it. But if there's any background noise or anything like that, it's just because Gen Con is a thing. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Tasha Robinson. Tasha, thanks so much for coming on Party of One. I am so excited. This is my first live play podcast. I couldn't be more thrilled. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so real quick, at the top of the show, you know what we like to do. Why don't you tell the audience at home anything you want them to know about, any cool projects you're working on, all that kind of stuff. Well, I am a film and TV editor for The Verge at TheVerge.com, part of Vox Media. We're a tech and culture website. I also do a podcast with some friends. Uh, we worked together at the AV Club and then at Pitchfork's home site, The Dissolve. It's called The Next Picture Show Podcast, and that's where we talk about uh, current films and the uh, older films that might have inspired them or relate to them in some way. That's super cool. I love it. Um, so this week, we are playing a game called Grin. It is a one-page horror micro game that you can find in the show notes. It is really cool. I love the way it works. It's kind of... It's a little dread-like in that it sort of builds tension by way of just, like, watching your resources dwindle, and I'm really excited to get into it. So, uh, why don't you introduce us to your character and your background this week? Sure. Uh, her name is Kelly Halloran. She is a firefighter. Um, she where, where are we set? Have we determined uh, that? We're, we're at Gen Con right now. Let's say Indianapolis. Oh, absolutely awesome. All right. So she, uh, she was born and raised in Indianapolis. She is a, kind of a hometown girl. She's never traveled that far. Um, she came, came from a large blue-collar working family. And uh, she, she's really excited about being a first responder. She's, she's done this for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, she's, she's pretty dedicated, hardworking gal. Yeah. Um, and it's been pretty great. You know, you haven't had, you've, you've got a few, you've got a few big jobs under your belt. You've, you know, you've got a proud record and it's been, you know, you've, you've got, you've, you, you know, your family sends in nice messages once in a while. You get, you get your, the occasional really pleasant Facebook post. There's really nothing that seems, it just seems like it's going to be a great, great day and a great year. It's a Tuesday afternoon, about 2 p.m. The sun is high in the sky. It is a bright, sunny, beautiful day. Um, when you get a call about a uh, small fire uh, in one of the condos in the Brickman building. Mm. You've got a history in the Brickman building. I do have a history in the Brickman building. I, I have some bad memories about that place. Um, 
As it happened, uh, I was dating a fellow named uh, Reggie Linder. He was in finance, and uh, he we met in a bar, and it seemed he seemed like a nice guy, kind of flashy and high rolling, and uh, we dated for a while. But we he took me to a party in that building, and it didn't go well. It was all of his rich friends. They kind of made fun of my clothes. They kind of made fun of my accent. And uh, we ended up kind of having a fight with each other that escalated until we were yelling at each other in the lobby. And about a month later, we broke up. So I... I, I I remember this building as just a place where obnoxious, stuck-up rich people live. Yeah, and that's kind of the reputation that it has across town. It's one of these really nice new condos, and so, like, it's it's individual floors. It's real glass. It's big uh, wall-length windows, and it's just, like, the ritziest of places. So the fire truck blares down the street. You pull up in front, and uh, you... They try to... The, the, the fire... Here's where the first. Here's where we get to get into the mechanics of the game. The fire is on the thirteenth floor. Wait, this place has a thirteenth floor. Yes. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, they decided that it. Um, you know, they they decided to buck superstition. They're rit- they're ritzy, and they're of like, course. it's you know, that's for plebeians. That's for that's for pedestrians. It probably sort of... costs extra to buy condos on the thirteenth floor because most places don't have an exclusive thirteenth floor. Yeah, this is the only place in town that is a thirteenth floor. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you have to make your way up to the 13th floor. Okay. You can take the cherry, or you can take the cherry picker. Uh, it's not going to get you all the way up, but it'll get you most of the way up. Or you can take the stairs. Well, how bad is the fire? Is it visible from outside? Um, it is not visible from outside, but there is some smoke pouring out of a few of the windows. You get a sense that before they left, the residents kind of threw open the windows to fumigate. You know, you don't want the smoke smell lingering. I mean, I imagine I would take the stairs up. Uh, if the cherry picker's not going to get me all the way up, and all I really want is a vantage point on the fire, I, I think we're going to take the stairs up and okay. find out what's going on. Well, now we get to get in the mechanics of the game, because the way the grin works is we have a deck of cards in front of us. It has uh, 40 cards in it, because the way it works with one player is I take out 12 cards, all numbered, uh, numbered cards, non-aces, non-faces. Every time you do something that has the potential for failure or harm, you're going to draw a card. And for the first half of the game, for the first 20 cards you draw, that's not going to be a problem. However, when we get into the second half of the cards, uh, then we get the possibility of a joker. If you draw the joker, your character meets a grisly end. As long as you don't draw that joker, you're fine. You can make it out of here in one piece. (laughs) So go ahead and draw me that first card. Okay. Be a four. All right. So, yeah, you climb and you climb and you climb and you climb. But you eventually make it up there, you know, you're... Your gear is heavy on your back, and you make it up. There's a little bit of smoke in the air. It's a fire. This is, you know, it's all, it's ordinary. It's not the most convenient because you had to climb 13 floors, but it's easy. You get to the door. Uh, do you check the handle? Uh, I, I put my hand, I put my fingertips lightly on the door to see if it's hot. Uh, draw a card. Seven? Yep, it is, it is definitely hot. Uh, there, is, there is definitely a fire on the other side. Um, you ha- you can push through, but you're going to have to push through fire, which is going to be a card. Or you can take, you know that you know that there is a, if you go up a floor, you can run over and try the other side. You won't have to draw a card, but it will take a little bit of extra time. And as you're touching the door, you start to hear uh, shuffling on the inside. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to open it uh, right away because that would be letting oxygen into the fire. But I've got my uh, my irons, my Halligan Bar and axe. So take the Halligan Bar and like rap sharply on the door and uh, yell, anyone in there? Can you um, hear me? 
you hear shuffling, but no no response. Uh, mm-hmm. You maybe hear you hear the faintest. You can hear voices, but not clearly. You hear like you can identify them as voices, but you can't tell if they're saying anything and they're not responding to you. Okay, well that tells me that there's probably somebody inside in need of rescue. Uh, I've already got my goggles on. Um, I'll pull on my breather uh, to make sure that I can breathe in the smoke. Um, already wearing my helmet, my my jacket, my turnout pants. So I'm about as protected from fire as I'm going to be. Yep. Um, and then I'll smack the uh, the working end of the uh, Halligan bar into the jam of the door and pry it open. You have got nothing to worry about from this fire. This is going to be a great day. <laughs> Go ahead and draw a card as you push through and there's definitely fire. It's a face card. All right. So when you draw a face card, uh, things start to escalate. Oh, You're going to have to draw a second card. That's an ace. And when you draw an ace, you have you have something in your back pocket. You can play that card instead of drawing a card later. Yep. So uh, you push through, you smash through the door, and um, there's there's fire. You, you don't really you see a little bit of fire. There's sort of lingering ember-like fires, you know, and they're periodically bursting out a little bit. But what you mainly see is smoke, thick black viscous smoke that's just you can't see in front of your face. You can barely see your hand in front of your face. And for a brief moment, ever so briefly, you swear, you see eyes, a smile, no, that's ridiculous. It's, the smoke is playing tricks on your eyes. That's, you know, it does that. And yet, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm used to seeing things in the fire and the smoke. Yeah. I'm, I'm all business. Uh, it, it occurs to me that I should have reported in, and I, I got a little excited. Any mm-hmm. day that I get to break down doors is a, a good firefight yeah. day. Um, so I'll uh, lean into my, my shoulder mic and say, uh, uh, breaking, breaking the door on uh, 1304, uh, I hear people inside. I, I've gone in. It's, it's looking pretty grisly up here. Um, draw a card. You um, you get static for a half or a second or two too long, and the radio comes in, but it comes in sort of warbled and distorted, and they give you a you know thanks for checking in you know noted noted uh, make sure there's nobody in there clear out the fire if you can okay you know make sure it doesn't spread to the other floors hmm. you got this I mean is this it sounded to me given the amount of smoke like this might be a fairly large fire I'm not going to be able to put out with like a hand extinguisher um. Yeah, so they, 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 okay, I know what they say. They let you know that there is a a sprinkler system inside, but it doesn't seem, it seems like maybe the fuse didn't work, or maybe Hmm. it's been disabled. So if you can track down the fuse and hit the sprinkler, that should knock out most of it. We don't really know why the fire alarm didn't go off, like why it didn't sprinkle, but if you can track down that fuse box and hit that switch, it should help with the fire. Okay. the floor should at least get cleaned up. Well, uh, first priority is the people I broke in mm-hmm. here to rescue. So I'm, I'm shouting, uh, I'm, I'm with the fire department. I'm here to help. Can anybody hear me? Uh, give me a draw as you navigate through the smoke. You are, you're, you're, you're pushing through, you're, you're giving your shouts, you're giving your orders, and there are, you're still hearing these murmurs and voices, and you're seeing that there's a lot of debris around. And that's not great, because you think there might be people under there. Uh-oh. And you're hearing these voices, but they don't sound scared or in pain or anything. They just sound annoyed. And they're not. you're not hearing anything in particular, except for periodically, like, yuppie. Or, like, you know... 
<laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm hearing yuppie voices. No, you're hearing th- people say things like like uh, yuppies are stuck up. Like you know, you just get to hear the occasional whisper of a word like stuck up yuppies. Why am I here? Why'd you bring me? Oh my god, these elite idiots. They must maybe they're drunk, maybe they're on okay. something. What what the hell? And they're not they're not trying to get out of the fire. Uh I I I yell, there is a fire in this building. You need to evacuate immediately. Follow the sound of my voice. And then I'm looking at the debris to see if there's any sign of people. Uh draw me a card. That's another race. That's another race. I'm gonna bank that. Doing great. Um you're shouting, and you still hear these voices, and you're looking at this debris, and it moves a little bit. Uh-oh. You see the faintest glimpse of a hand. Okay. Well, then I'm uh, I'm going to try to pry that debris up and rescue the person I came in here to rescue. Give me a card. It's a nine. You move it, and um, there's no one there. Huh. You s- oh, the smoke is really playing tricks on me at this point. It really is, because you swore as you moved that debris, you heard a laugh. And that's weird. Uh, this is the point where I start thinking, if, if somebody thinks they're being funny, um, do I have any sense from the structure of the building, uh, what I know about electrical systems, where I would go to find the fuses? Um, yeah, you have some idea. You know it's probably in the kitchen area. Okay. You probably keep it towards the back by the fridge in case the fridge goes out. So you can make your way over there, but it's going to require a draw of the card as you sort of move over debris and through all of the smoke. Okay. Uh, I will keep shouting as I go, because I, at some point, if there is some idiot back there in the smoke, right. uh, they're going to hear me. But uh, I will move towards the kitchen. And that is a face that card. Is a, that is a face card. You, um, you're moving towards the kitchen, and you start hearing voices more clearly. And, and then you kind of realize why that voice is so familiar. You know, it was Reggie, right? Mm-hmm. You know that Reggie's Reggie's not here, right? You know of all the places where he could be that you this he can't have come back to one of these parties. How oh. long has it been? Oh, it's been it's been like close to a year at this point. But I mean, he knew the people who yeah. lived here. So who knows? He Maybe he could here, be here. But like of all the places to run into Reggie, and you're hearing him say things like, "These are my friends. Mm-hmm. Just hang out." Have fun. <sighs> Reggie, this isn't this isn't funny. This this isn't a joke. There's there's a fire. Draw a card. It's another ace. Damn. Got three banked at this point. Um It just it, it he keeps talking and he keeps saying things and there's this tickle in the back of your mind like you can't pinpoint it, but every, it feels real familiar. Everything he's saying feels real familiar. And you swear, like, and as you're moving towards the kitchen, you swear you see, a, like, a billow of smoke comes through the kitchen. You're pretty sure the fire started there. And you swear you see a figure standing there and, like, move real quick and then disappear. Hmm. Okay. Well, somebody's playing stupid games and in a dangerous situation, which is kind of par for the course for these kinds of people. Um, I'm going to look and see if there is a, uh, like an actual small extinguisher. Uh, if the kitchen, if the fire started in the kitchen, maybe I can at least put out enough of it to, to get to the fuse box. Give me a draw. It's an eight. All right. You, uh, you move in that direction. Uh, there is a small extinguisher. It is, uh, sort of near, it's sort of, the kitchen is one of these, is, is an open entryway. It's a kitchen dining it, uh, area. So you move in that direction, and the, the, the fire extinguisher is right in the middle. 
It's a small personal extinguisher, not enough to put out the whole fire, could, could be handy. You move in that direction, you hit the glass, because it's one of those old school, you know, they kind of probably probably sought it out for the little extra opulence of like, we have to break the glass if there's a fire. Yeah. <laughs> so you break the glass and you punch the glass and the shattered pieces fall and in them you see from behind you undeniably Reggie's face in one of the shards of glass. Okay, I whirl around. Not there. Nothing. More um... smoke. A figure in the distance. But no Reggie. Certainly not as close and as clear as the one in the glass. I... I back up a little bit into the kitchen at this okay. point. I'm, I'm getting a little unnerved by all of this. Tell me a card as you back up. It's ten. You, uh, you back up a little bit and stumble over some debris. Mm-hmm. You stumble, uh, your, your pack, like the big personal extinguisher that you've got, mm-hmm. or the, the oxygen tank, rather. Your oxygen tank fall, like, gets knocked and kind of slips off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now you're holding it on one shoulder, and it's way, it's heavy. I mean, it's full. Okay. And you're holding it, and you've stumbled back And uh, you see that figure. You've got your eyes locked on this figure. And you blink, and he's not there anymore. And then you blink again, and he's standing kind of over you. And you get a really good look at him, and he's sort of one of these rich elite types. At first glance, you know, he's got a pressed black tux with a bow tie, and he's holding a martini, and he's got this smile... And then the smoke kind of crosses over him some more, and you see that his skin is gray and white, and he smiles wide, and you see his teeth are broken, and blood is kind of running down the side of his mouth, and his skin's so just tight. It's just pulled really tight. And the smell that hits your nose, even through the rebreather, is formaldehyde. Yeah. I I stumble backwards. I if I've uh, if I've actually gone down on my butt, I like crawl backwards. If that means uh, shrugging out of the uh, oxygen tank, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm yelling, uh, "This this isn't funny. This this isn't a joke. You should get out of here." Trying to convince myself this is a normal situation. Give me a heart. It's another ten. You are waving and flailing and screaming, and smoke kind of moves out of the kitchen and. You blink and he's not there anymore. I I clutch the rebreather um, to my mouth and just like breathe deeply, just like sucking oxygen in. I maybe maybe it's hypoxia. Maybe I just I took in a little too much smoke somehow. Could be. It certainly could be. I mean, the smoke seems to be dangerous stuff. Um, yeah. So you are. You you swore you saw him, but like it's gone now, and you're looking around, and it's suddenly real quiet. You don't even hear the voices that you heard before. Okay. Uh, I'm going to scramble to my feet. I am sure that I dropped uh, the axe and the iron. Um, so I'm going to gather them back up, clip them together, uh, hang them on my belt where they're supposed to be, try to get the, the pack, the oxygen pack, back on my back. Uh, get myself car, together. Six. Yeah, it takes more effort because, like, you know, you, you're trying to shake it off and you're also trying to put your stuff together. You've got a lot going on at the moment. Um... And there's still this fire. Like, the fires are still kind of popping around you, and they're popping and crackling and fizzing. And you're looking around, and you are definitely by yourself in this condo. You don't really know where anybody else went. There's just fire and smoke. And that debris. It seems to be shifting again. 
I avert my eyes from the shifting debris. I, I, I have a small feeling of I fell for that once before. I'm, I'm whispering to myself, I'm a trained professional. I, I can deal with this. I know how to deal with a fire. And I'm turning to look for that fuse box. Okay. Uh, give me a card. Six. You locate the fuse box. It takes a little bit of effort to move the fridge out of the way. Mm. But it's back there. You know, uh, you find it. You, uh, you pull it open. You're looking at the fuses. You can tell which one of the sprinkler, and it's been switched off, but all of the other ones are still on. Huh. Uh, I say to my shoulder, uh, HQ, I'm pretty sure this is an arson situation, uh, and I'm pretty sure that the arsonist is up here. Uh, HQ flips on... Give me a card. Two. HQ flips on, and it's warbled and distorted, and at first they start to... They start to give you a response of, like, you know, they start... At first it seems real understanding, and then it gets kind of aggressive, they, they say. If it's arson, um, you know, report it, note it. But what are you doing in there? Why aren't you at the party? Have Why aren't you having fun? What are... What? This, it's, you're doing this again. At the, at the party? What are you... What are you talking about? You know Carl, the dispatcher, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Old guy, you know, old guy, war vet, upstanding fellow. Got kind of a, a scratch in his voice because he had a little bit of a war injury. And a real kind of a scratch and a gurgle in his voice. It's not there anymore. His voice is still familiar, but not in the way that you were... Like, that's not Carl's voice saying that. Is that... Is that Reggie? I once again sort of try to pretend that I'm not experiencing what I'm experiencing uh, because I don't want to look like an idiot in front of people that uh, I respect. And I, I'm yelling into my shoulder, Mike. Carl, get it together. This, is, this isn't the time for practical jokes. There's, there's a fire. Give me a card. Uh, queen. Queen. Oh, give me another, give me another draw. Jack. Give me, give me another draw. <laughs> there we All go. Right, two. Um, excuse me. Um... Oh, uh, a weird feeling hits the back of your neck. <laughs> and you start really, like, your eyes kind of go wide as you're yelling at Carl and you're still hearing Reggie saying these things. What was your character's name? Kelly. Kelly. You're, you're yelling and you're yelling at Carl and then you hear, Kelly, you're always doing this. Just have fun. I'm at work. And this is work. That's when it hits you that... You've heard all of these things before. Oh, of course. This is the fight. Mm-hmm. Word for word. And then you hear yourself respond. Exactly what you said then. Clearer than a recording could be. Mm. Just playing through, playing through as long, and you're holding the button down, you're screaming, and you just hear yourself start to scream back about these stuck-up yuppies judging you and like, making fun of you behind your back. You can hear them snickering. What do you do? I uh, stop holding down the, the button on my mic. I, I let it go. I stand there staring at the uh, the fuse system, and I say under my breath, you assholes deserve to burn, but this is my job. And I flick the switch on for the sprinklers. Give me a card. Jack. And the next one is a three. You flip, you flip it, and um, as soon as you flip it, you hear this sort of 
very tired laugh. Like a laugh that is just older and a laugh that's been laughing for too long as the water starts to come down and then without even touching the button the radio flips on and it's Carl's voice and he's saying what the hell are you doing as the water starts to come down and the electronics oh god this is a kitchen this is a kitchen fire oh god this is an electric fire you just hit the sprinklers on an electric fire boom fire everywhere smoke everywhere and with the smoke you see the smiling man again holding his drink sipping his formaldehyde martini I grab for my irons um, and I hiss at him who are you? He just uh, takes a drink and he says welcome to the party and like the smoke is billowing and as the smoke billows he is more there than he was before he seemed kind of semi there now he's fully there as the smoke surrounds him uh, alright I'm uh, the, the, the irons were a uh, were perhaps a smart decision, but uh, this, this, my job is not to, to fight formaldehyde-drinking men with, uh, with axes. Hanging them back on my belt uh, and grabbing for the extinguisher, and I'm okay. going to start trying to put out the immediate fires around me that are personally Give threatening me. me. Oh my gosh. That's the Joker. That's early on. That is real early I, on. And here I am with, uh, with three, aces. three aces banked that I could have used. Hubris. <laughs> Hubris is what it is. It's true. Um, well, I want to play this scene out at least. Uh, you start spraying and you start putting out the fire and with the fire goes him. Like you get the fire and the smoke starts to settle and that uh, fire extinguisher foam starts to like drift down. Mm-hmm. And he's gone. And you think, oh, that's great. Okay. You start moving debris and at that moment you hear the door start moving through the door is the other uh, responders. You know, now it's a major electrical fire. Something went (laughs) wrong. You hear the other responders, you hear them start moving things. And then you hear screams. You you turn the corner and you see from the... that same gnarled, bony, blood-dripping hand, the one holding the martini, you see it coming out from the debris, and you see it grab someone by the ankle and pull them face down into the into the debris. Oh, man. You see that same hand again come from around a corner and grab someone by the throat and pull them back into a hallway. You don't see what happened then, but uh, can't be good. Uh, I'm, I'm dropping the extinguisher and just grab him for the axe. Mm-hmm. You grab for the axe and you see him behind you and you swing. And when you swing, you swing the smoke and it dissipates and with it dissipates him. And you grab your extinguisher, and between the three of you, well, three of you that are still up, you manage to put out most of the fires. You manage to get the place cleared out a little bit. Nobody is claiming to see anything. Nobody but you is seeing anything, but you're seeing him. Every time you see the smoke, you see him there. And you see him laughing, and you see him start to reach for people, and then they shake it off a little bit. And then you see other things. You see Reggie laughing up with laughing at the party. You see a few other of the people you saw that night. You see you just having the worst time. Worse than you even remember. You know, you've kind of brushed it off a little bit, but it's God, it's just the worst party. Seeing myself from the outside 
having tried to dress up and, mm-hmm. and tried to do my makeup in a way that would impress these people, having tried to do my hair and seeing what that looks like from the outside, I imagine is is even worse than being oh, there it's was. So much worse, and you can see. And the worst part is you can see the look on your face, and like you, you know, you're not you're not you're not the type of person to like watch your facial expressions in a mirror, but you can see it, and it's so obvious that you're having a bad time, and no one at this party is noticing. Except for him. You see him watching you and smiling. And he's sipping his formaldehyde martini. And he's just watching, not you now, but you then. And he's just sipping and smiling. And just kind of kicks back. He actually leans back in one of the recliners. These yuppie recliners. He leans back, kicks his feet up and takes a sip. And looks at, looks at you now and it's like, Everyone should have fun at a party. What are you? What do you want? I am this place. I am parties and opulence and uh, the history of the Brickman building or the history that will come from it. You see this tuxedo is kind of patchwork and stained at weird points. And you, is that blood? And then he's gone. Smoke dissipates. He's gone again. And then you feel his hand on your shoulder. I don't turn around. I, uh, I mean, I freeze and just lock up. But I, I just say, see so your, your arrogance. You're, you're just, you're everybody who's ever looked down on someone. Oh, so you know me then. Oh, I know you. And he takes a sip. What do you do? Uh, I still have the axe in hand. Uh, he is close enough to touch me. He is too close for a good swing, but I'm going to just turn around and try to try to basically uh, hold the axe like right under the uh, the head mm-hmm. and turn around and just like slam the, the back of it, the blunt end of it into his face. Exactly what happens. You drive it in and his face, like it caves in, there's blood splatters. And that's weird because you were pretty sure that he was some sort of smoke thing. Uh-huh. But uh, blood splatters... Uh, you look and uh, Martina, one of the other firefighters, is looking at you. Is like, what, what, what was that? She doesn't see anything, but you look down at your axe, and there's definitely blood on it. Now, did I just cream one of my fellow fire firefighters? No, there's no one around. The smoke dissipated a little bit, but there's definitely some. There's definitely blood on your axe. She's like, what the hell just happened? This is not going to make her any more comfortable, but I bring the axe up to my face and smell the blood to see if it smells like formaldehyde. It definitely... Well, it smells boozy. It doesn't <laughs> smell like formaldehyde. It smells just boozy. All right. I am, I'm literally standing there sniffing my axe in front yep. of my fellow fire, firefighter. She's just like, what? Are you... You all right, buddy? I... Maybe a little smoke inhalation. Or... Go hang outside. We got this. And you see that, like, most of the fire has been taken care of, they've trashed whatever, they've fixed whatever stuff has been damaged. The situation is clear. Or as clear as... We're still down a couple people. They look around. Yeah, I don't see Eddie. He was on the job, right? Maybe he's taking, maybe he's taking a smoke break. Martina, where, where, where did he get to? He should be here. Uh, Let me check the bathroom. Eddie... Let me check the bathroom. Okay. She goes off to the bathroom. And then it gets real quiet again. (laughs) Oh, you know what? We should definitely all split up and go in different directions. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, Kelly has a, a moment of, no, this is a terrible idea. Uh, is anybody else still up here? Um, there are, uh, no. That was, the, that was the last of you. The last, uh, the two people, um, Ted and, uh, Ted and Jenny. Ted and Jenny carry off, like, a, a busted TV set that was starting to spark. Like, they carry it out, and then you're by yourself in the apartment. The fire's all gone. There's still some smoke in the air, but... I look longingly towards the uh, open and empty door to out, and then I go to the bathroom to see what became of Martina. Uh, she is fully geared up in the shower, scalded to death. Oh my god. You didn't hear the shower run. But there she is. Oh my god. Is Eddie also in there? Um, no. You turn back around and Eddie's still there, impaled on a piece of debris, and you don't know why she couldn't have seen that. He was right there. I am slowly backing away from this. And then on second thought, I'm putting my back against the wall and slowly sliding away from this. You slide away, um, you get out, there's no, there's no further, uh, th- problems with, uh, the, with the smiling man. You, you slide out, you slide out, you get into the stairwell, and you slide, and you sit. And you sit, and whatever happened in there, whatever memories that brought up, whatever smoke, whatever, whatever happened is over. You're Okay. And then the outlet next to you starts to spark and sizzle and smoke. And you close your eyes because you know what's about to come. They found uh, the fire in the Brickman building was crazy. They did took It took a crew of six and four of them didn't make it out. It looks like it was just accidents, you know, things were going wild. The sprinklers got lit despite the fact that nobody flipped that switch. Ooh, what a crazy crazy development that was they repaired it though and uh the last thing that we see is Reggie's car pull up they're having a, they're having a reopening of the condo party of course they are and he goes up and uh he puts his drink down he lights a cigarette they've disabled the smoke alarms <laughs> and he sets it down and a little bit of smoke trails up and we see a little bit of a smile start to form. <laughs> that's terrific. And that's game. That's amazing. I, I really expected that to run longer. I did as well. I should have thrown in those aces earlier. I was watching those three aces like, uh, we're getting down in cards. I, I, I could I could definitely see that it was escalating, and I, I waited too long, much as one tends to do with the supernatural. Yep. But that was really fun. That was super good. <laughs> I Dang, that was fun. Yeah, I love the way that Grin, like, you can, like, once you get down that number of cards, you have no idea. And you just think it's fine, and then, whoops. You're right, that does make it a lot like Dread. Mm -hmm. Just that sense of, I I know that this tower isn't stable, but I can definitely get one more. It's that thought of, like, it's I can push it, and it's fine. And then (laughs) you push it, and you're not fine. What a simple system. I was really, it's neat. I I found it, um, James Motto was tweeting about it. He was like, hey, if anybody sees this, and I looked at it, it was like, if you only have one player, and I said... <laughs> Why yes. It's the siren call of Party of One Podcast. It is. 
Tasha, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was so much fun. Thank you for inviting me. I, I was so excited to, to be here. And what a great way to, what a great thing to do at Gen Con. Yeah, right? This was great. Oh, this was so cool. So real quick, where can people find you and your work online? People can find my writing about uh, film and TV. Uh, plenty of it banked at the AV Club and at the Dissolve. Uh, but I'm currently writing at The Verge. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Tasha Robinson. And you can find my current film podcast at The Next Picture Show Podcast. Excellent, 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 excellent. Well, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Tasha for coming on to the show. That game was beyond cool. That game ruled. Be sure to check out all of Tasha's work on The Verge and on the Next Picture Show podcast. If you enjoy pop culture in the way that I enjoy pop culture, it is so thoroughly up your alley. Tasha has an incredible mind and an incredible voice for pop culture critique, and I am just a huge fan of her work. You can also follow her on Twitter at Tasha Robinson and follow the Next Picture Show podcast on Twitter at Next Picture Pod. Then while you're on Twitter, follow this show at Party of One Pod. Like the show at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out or a word of mouth recommendation. All three of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better and cooler things. If you enjoy the show, consider backing us on Patreon. Patreon backers get access to cool bonus features, and Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, convention appearances, and other expenses. If you want to hear more from me, check out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano, Saez, and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. I especially think that you should check out the most recent episode, Barney Barguest. It's really freaking good. It is a fascinating ghost story. I don't want to give too much away, but, like, I think you're really going to love it. It is an episode that is really personal to me and really important to me and i think i think you should check it out you can find that at allmyfantasychildren.libsyn.com party of one is produced and edited by jeff stormer and jen frank all music for the show comes from the song infinite lives by megaran featuring the DD sluggers if you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show or you've started reading the new mr miracle comic and you have questions about the new gods you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com That's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-care and self-love are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on. Party on.